Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from us all at TNT Radio. This is the Misty Winston Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Misty Winston Show right here on today's News Talk. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to hang out with me. It's Friday. I'm so excited. And it's we're going to have a long weekend, too. Um, the holidays are literally in a couple of days. I hope everybody's ready. Um, I'm pretty ready. I've been panicking, as you guys know, for the last couple of weeks, but I think I'm set. I think I'm all good to go. Um, okay, so we have a great show. Um, I, my pal Kit Cabello is going to be here from Hardlands Media. We'll be bringing him in momentarily. Um, but first, I have a couple. I have, like, several just really brief stories to go through. Um, well, a couple real quick ones and then uh one that's a little bit more of substance but first of all i just wanted to mention that uh stefania marizzi which um i've had her on the show i've talked about her uh at length i think she's one of the best journalists working today um she's been in a multi-year battle with several different countries uh, uh over foia requests regarding the julian assange case she's trying to get information into uh like the behind the scenes goings on uh you know the different emails and things like that that, that, that have been taking place um uh in regards to the assange situation uh, she tweeted out today, and this is something that is, um, I'm going to do my best to be diplomatic here. It's been bothering me for a very long time. Um, so she tweeted out, for those asking, I've officially asked um, Reporters Without Borders, it's at RSF underscore I-N-T-E-R, um, to set the record straight about Julian Assange being the only journalist in prison in the United Kingdom. I will publish their answer as soon as they reply. And what she is referring to, and she's posted screenshots here, um, they always do like a year in review of the different countries and how many journalists have been uh, targeted, arrested, murdered, how many are in prison, all of that good stuff. And in the UK section... It says abuses in real time in the United Kingdom killed since the 1st of January 2023. Zero journalists, zero media workers detained as of today. Zero journalists, zero media workers. That's very interesting. Reporters without borders. That's a very interesting uh, count that you got there. I don't think that's accurate. Um, and listen, I... There is somebody that works at Reporters Without Borders who I very much like. Her name is Rebecca Vincent. She does fantastic work. She is, um, uh, she has done a ma an amazing job on the Assange case. She was there in person every single day. Uh, she was uh, had to show up super early to try to get into the court. All of that stuff. I really like Rebecca. I've interviewed her several times um, on my Action for Assange show that I do. Um, she's great. I like her. Reporters Without Borders has been problematic for a while. Um, they, uh, you know, and, uh, I think it was last year they increased the United States standing in press freedom, which is crazy. Uh, so they've been slightly problematic for a while now. Obviously, they're an NGO. That's just a problematic situation to begin with. This is ridiculous, though. The idea that they have listed that there are zero journalists currently detained in the United Kingdom is just absurd on every level. So now I'm not encouraging anybody to go uh, hassle them or be mean or rude. Um, I'm hoping that given Stefania's um, status as an incredible journalist, perhaps she will be able to influence their uh, thinking on this. But Assange supporters have been uh, attempting to get them to address this situation for a very long time, uh, years, in fact. So um, I don't have a whole lot of hope, but um, maybe they will address it. Uh, it it's always uh, a, a possibility. So if you do so feel inclined, if you're going to go and contact them, obviously, I'm not telling you you shouldn't. Um, I think you should, but be nice about it. Be kind about it. It's not going to do you any good to be rude or abrasive or any of that stuff. Um, they're not the enemy is what I'm saying here. Uh, I think that they, they've made a grave mistake here, um, but they're not the enemy. So I think that there's no need for us to be uh, abrasive on that situation. Um, also, there was a 
fantastic press conference today. Um, Consortium News has it up. It was the it was uh, regarding the CIA lawsuit that we addressed uh, earlier this week. Um, there's four American plaintiffs who are suing the CIA, Mike Pompeo, for being spied on when they went to visit Julian Assange in the Ecuadorian embassy. Um, I have not yet had a chance to watch it. I've been dealing with my heater was broken at my house. So I had to deal with all of that, all those shenanigans today, which was a ton of fun. So um, but I heard it was fantastic. It had um, two of the plaintiffs, an attorney, a constitutional uh, lawyer, Nathan Fuller from Assange Defense, and it was moderated by Trevor Fitzgibbon. Um, so I'm sure it was fantastic. I would highly go, uh, highly recommend you go and check that out over on Consortium News. And then also for my UK friends, I just wanted to quickly point the situation out. Um, I happened to miss it. Um, a guy named Mick Napier uh, was arrested on, I think, December 18th. Uh, for his pro-Palestinian positions. This is insane. Craig Murray, fantastic journalist, uh, longtime supporter of Julian Assange. He's a great guy. Uh, he tweeted out, Mick Napier has campaigned against the evil Israeli apartheid state for decades. The large majority of Scots agree with him. He is now charged with quote-unquote terrorism. Completely ludicrous. We have to stop taking law imposed from London. Um, and so apparently he was uh, released. But then Matt Kennard tweeted out uh, yesterday that another guy, uh, Tony Greenstein, uh, Matt tweeted out uh, yesterday, anti-Zionist Jewish activist Tony Greenstein was arrested at his home by British anti-terror police for a tweet. Uh, police seized his phone and laptop and held him for nine hours. His electronics were not returned on his release. And the tweet simply said, uh, and this was involved in a, a thread that was going back and forth um, with a Zionist troll. And his was just in response. And it just said simply, I support the Palestinians. That is enough. And I support Hamas against the Israeli army. And he has been arrested for terrorism based on that tweet. So um, we've been talking about the uh, insane rise in authoritarianism in the UK Here's just yet another example. Um, okay, don't forget, you can follow me over on the tweeters at Sarcasm Stardust. Check out the Substack. Uh, it's mistywinston.substack.com. There's a write-up for the guest of the day every day, so you can find, follow, and support their work as well. And if you would like, you can shoot me an email, mistywinston at tntradio.live. Guest idea, show idea, I'm always open to that stuff. Uh, if you just have a question or want to rant about something, hit me up, and I will try to get back to you. And... Don't miss out on a thing, y'all. You can download the TNT Radio app either from the Apple App Store or Google Play, uh, and you can listen live to us anywhere, anytime. That's how I listen. I just carry my phone around my pocket and listen to all the shows all day long while I'm cleaning or cooking or whatever the heck else I got to do. Um, and it's available right now to download for free so you can keep up to speed right here on TNT Radio. Keeping the commitment. I love you guys. Unbelievable. 24-7. Listen to you every day, have for years. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, considering what's been happening in Gaza, the timing of this news might be considered interesting to say the least. Uh, but again, it could just be coincidental. Regardless, on Thursday, the Pentagon released new guidance for the U.S. military. Are you ready for this? On how to avoid causing civilian casualties in wartime. My goodness. Uh, all right. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, aka Ruckus. So um I don't I don't have words, Adam. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, and I thought I was going too far by suggesting that there was something with the timing here, but even Politico pointed that out, basically saying that the guidance was coming at an awkward time for the DOD. <laughs> Amid international uproar over Israel's use of U.S.-provided weapons to bombard Gaza, and they also indicated there is pressure mounting uh, building on President Joe Biden to scale back military aid to Israel. So to come out on the Thursday before Christmas with this 
does seem a little like, yeah, wow, all right, and funny timing, yeah. Um, so they this they, they officially titled this thing. Uh, they published it literally yesterday to DOD. It's called uh, "quote Instruction on Civilian Harm Mitigation and Response." End quote. It's a fifty-two page long document, and it ex instructs various DOD component organizations to designate personnel to identify relevant practices to reduce civilian harm and provides further instructions on how to respond when U.S. military actions do result in civilian casualties. Pentagon Press Secretary Brigadier General Pat Ryder said at a press briefing on Thursday, quote, the release of the DOD instruction continues the process of improving the department's approach to mitigating and responding to civilian harm, end quote. The document specifically calls for DOB, DOD components to, quote, enhance battle space awareness of civilian population density, demographics, and dynamics, and of the locations and functions of civilian objects, end quote. DOD components must then implement these details and other civilian harm mitigation and response, CHMR, practices when planning military operations, including participating in operations with ally and partner forces. Uh-oh, this could get tricky. The document also lays out instructions for assessing potential harm to civilians following military operations, such as airstrikes and large-scale raids or assaults. Quote, civilian harm assessments will be promptly initiated, thorough, and completed in a timely manner, and, quote, will indicate whether, based upon the information available at the time of the assessment and depending on the scope of the assessment, civilian casualties or damage to or destruction of civilian objects more likely than not resulted from U.S. military operations, end quote. Don't you love that legal word salad with the little, it's like the fine print on the commercials. Uh, in instances where U.S. military action is suspected of causing harm to civilians, those military components are instructed to acknowledge fault and extend condolences, quote, as appropriate under the circumstances, end quote. The document calls for expressions of condolence, condolences, to broader communities when individual acknowledgments and condolences are deemed impractical. Acknowledgments of U.S. military wrongdoing and responses may take the form of written or spoken condolences, condolence payments, repairs to damaged structures, ordinance removal efforts, and last on the list, medical care. Uh, I'll leave you with this. Misty, before I uh, get your response, the document reads, quote, commanders are encouraged to respond rapidly to civilian harm when appropriate and practicable. However, responses may be made after time has passed, end quote. <laughs> wow. What do you think? <laughs> There's so much. There's so much in just that little bit that you've given us. Uh, it is fascinating. First of all, let's talk about the thoughts and prayers. <laughs> that's essentially what they're saying there. They want to uh, expressions of condolences. Oh, whoopsie. We killed a bunch of civilians. Sorry about that. Our condolences. It's it, that is thoughts and prayers. It's so ridiculous. But let's also you mentioned the fact that, you know, we're currently sending a whole shit ton of weapons to Israel. Right. Uh, and we know 
And multiple people in high levels uh, of power and authority have admitted that they know that those weapons are going to kill civilians. There's no question about it. We're over 20,000 dead. We're over 10,000 dead children. Uh, almost 100 journalists have been murdered. Um, uh, so it's not like we are not aware that those weapons are going and being used to kill civilians. So, uh, but that's just one part of it. Let's also not forget that we sent, y'all, we sent cluster munitions to Ukraine. Really? We're going to pretend as if we care about uh, preventing civilian deaths? Y'all know what cluster munitions are. They're terrible, and they will cause damage for years to come. It essentially makes the land unlivable because anybody that dares uh, to live there runs the risk of running upon one of those little pieces of weaponry that could potentially then get, some kid will pick it up, play with it thinking it's a ball, and then boom, your kid's dead. Oh, there's our expression of condolences. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're sending weapons. We're, uh, we're sending white phosphorus, allegedly to Israel to use in Lebanon and in Gaza. Um, so yeah, it's just, you're right. The timing of this is ridiculous. <laughs> it would be ridiculous regardless. So um, the idea that the United States is pretending as if they care about civilian casualties is just absurd. We've never cared about that kind of stuff. I mean, uh, Madeleine Albright said that, you know, uh, 500,000 dead Iraqi kids was worth it. Um, you know, it, it, this is something that we, uh, we are the perpetrator of civilian casualties on a mass scale all across the globe on a daily basis so yeah the timing of it's a little bit suspect um maybe not suspect just ridiculous it's just as absurd on its face that we are sending out this this type of a thing um as we are providing that much weaponry to uh one of the worst i mean it is uh the death count is staggering if you look at it in comparison to other especially regarding kids if you look at the number of kids who have died in gaza just in the past whatever it is 70 some odd days, I forget, I, I don't remember what day we're on, but it is it is astonishing, the level of innocent, just if you just look at the kids alone, it is astonishing, and, and especially in comparison to other uh, conflicts. But yeah, this is just, it's ridiculous, and it, um, it makes me laugh because I have to laugh. It's that gallows humor, it's how I survive, um, but it's also infuriating that we uh, are once again pretending as if we have some kind of moral clarity here. We absolutely do not. It's ridiculous to pretend that we do, but what do you think, Adam? No, you're correct, and it's it's kind of interesting. I just, I just, it just hit me that what what those numbers, the 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 numbers that are being reported about the civilians who have died in the Gaza area, um, is doing the same thing where the talk of all of these billions of dollars is doing to uh, large numbers that used to be considered large. So, like, I was just looking at this further in some of these reports here, um, how, like, what, why the U.S. decided it got kicked in the butt was because the New York Times did a report back in November 2021 revealing that as many as 70, 70, 70 civilian noncombatants were killed by a U.S. airstrike in March of 2019 as U.S. and coalition forces fought to seize the ISIS stronghold of Baghouz in eastern Syria. Basically, the New York Times report made a big enough stink about this that the Pentagon ordered a fresh review of the incident that same month, right? So that was the kickoff for them to release this report. If 70 non-combatants, 70, the death of 70 civilians is enough to, to garner like concern, which it should be. I mean, the death of one right. civilian non-combatant, sure. But like, look at how tiny that number is by comparison to what's happening right now. It's just absolutely shocking it's crazy yeah it is it is again i it is it's kind of um 
I don't want to say mind blowing because it's not really mind blowing that we are allowing this number of people to be slaughtered uh, uh, in broad daylight. It's not really that's it's not surprising, but it is staggering to me the number of deaths um, that are it's on center stage. The whole world is watching and nobody seems to care. There is no real um, uh, significant pushback from it in, in any substantive way. Obviously, there are people in the streets, but there's nobody really other than Yemen uh, that's uh, standing up for the people of Palestine in any real and substantive way. And that's very frustrating. But yeah, I mean, listen, just go read WikiLeaks. There's all kinds of civilian deaths, all kinds. We kill civilians all the time and then we shrug. Whoopsie. Just, uh, you know, it's collateral damage. Couldn't do anything about it. Whoops a daisy. Uh, and that's been our mentality about it for ages since the beginning of time. So yeah, we don't care about civilians. We never have. Uh, it's very likely we never will. We're just concerned about covering our ass. And that's all this really is. Um, all right, Adam, thanks so much for bringing us this story. I appreciate you. Hey, Merry Christmas, my friend. Have a great holiday. Um, enjoy your time off. Uh, and we'll talk to you again next week. Uh, and I'll be back in just a couple minutes here, right after the break with my good pal, Kit Cabello, right here on TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Chris Smith. Despite being used to protect travelers from terrorists, hijackers, or violent drunks, or those who were drugged out as they board, and this has been going on since 1961, they won't be around this Thanksgiving. None of them. Air marshals were always meant to be invisible. Well, you can guarantee that this Thanksgiving. Ironically, the Biden administration has been hijacking air marshals for all kinds of other duties, leaving the passengers they were meant to guard and protect completely helpless. Air marshals have been lumbered with assisting the chaos on the southern border. They might be called air marshals, but an unknown number are now seconded to work on the ground. Maybe they're ground marshals now, marshalling illegal immigrants on the border and doing the job supposedly meant for the United States Customs and Border Protection. Where are they? Chris Smith on TNT Radio. Right now, the forgotten poor are waiting for healing and care, for life-saving medical care, for a chance to live with dignity and hope. They are waiting for Mercy Ships and you. Mercy Ships is the largest floating civilian hospital in the world with volunteer medical staff and crew who donate their time to save lives. And now, as our newest state-of-the-art hospital ship sets sail, Mercy Ships will double our ability to reach children and adults who need us now. Without the work of Mercy Ships, these patients don't have another option. Mercy Ships is answering the call to serve suffering people who have nowhere else to turn. Together, we are going to some of the world's most desperate places and bringing a wave of hope and healing to those who need it most. Thank you! Thank you! To learn more about this wave of hope, go to mercyships.org today. CO2 sustains all life on Earth, but now it's in long-term decline. We face the return of an ice age. We mandate that the truth be told. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, our guest today is my friend Kit Cabello. Kit is a commentator and reporter who is also the CEO of Hardlands Media and Director of Communications for Hardlands Media and 99 Perspectives. You can find him on Twitter, at Kit Cabello, and you can find Hardlands on YouTube, Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, uh, all the places. And as always, you can find links to Kit and all of his work over on my Substack. Kit, thanks so much for being here. Oh, it's always happy to be here. It's been a, uh, well, look, it's been a rough 2023, uh, just on a personal <laughs> note. I, I lost, I lost my grandpa, uh, in I'm February. Sorry. And 
dealt with some backstabbing colleagues, snakes, you know, we all got, we, I guess we deal with that a lot in this business and, uh, another family member going through some medical issues too. So, and not to mention the whole world seems to be uh, a super fast rush for world war three. So I really can't wait to give a middle finger to 2023. I just can't wait, but it's lovely seeing you and being back on your awesome show. Well, thank you for coming. And you're right. 2023 has been uh, quite the year. Um, it mm-hmm. is. It, and honestly, I don't know if I'm all that ready for it to be gone because 2024 doesn't feel like it's going to be much better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's- uh, you know, it's it, at least at least it's not the previous year. And there's so yeah. many lessons I've learned. And not only personally, but I guess, you know, looking at politics as a whole in this country, it, it's it's become abundantly clear that we have a lack of leadership. People are in this rush of suppression and censorship. And, you know, I, I, I kind of got into a little bit of a back and forth with a few people when I, you know, went to defend Trump, of all people, not because I endorse him or anything like that. But when I said, hey, look, we're moving him off the Colorado ballot and then people calling his supporters Confederates and him leading insurrection. Number one, he wasn't charged with it. So right. there you go. And then number two, you know, uh, just just shooting from the hip here. But I've seen a couple of Trump supporters recently posting on social media and they're not all white people. I've seen some black people who are Trump supporters, Latino people mm-hmm. who are Trump supporters, Asians, women. So are they all Confederates now? Because we have to be careful with our words here and what we're calling our fellow Americans. All right. And I, I just find it insulting that we are that the the Democrats, instead of actually coming up with plans, they want to uh, try and kick Trump off the ballot so people don't vote for him. That that tells me that they have no plan, that they're mm-hmm. not intelligent, and that they are incapable of any kind of new ideas to inspire voters to turn out and vote for them. Yeah. And this is where we're at now in this country. Well, and Kit, every okay. Listen, the, uh, the, when Trump was president uh, and was running for re-election, they were telling us, "Well, he wants to be a dictator. He wants to attack all of his political opponents. He wants to jail his political opponents. He wants to." Do, and they're doing the exact same things that they said that he was Precisely. going to do. And it yeah. is, it's that whole thing where you, uh, you accuse that you accuse your opponent of that, which you are guilty of. And they are doing mm-hmm. that time and time again. They said, oh, he's, he's a cra- He's going to get us into world war three. Hello. Look around. Joe Biden's Ukraine, doing that. Palestine. Thank <laughs> yes. you. Yes. Well, yes. well uh, also, also not, not, not only that, not only that, but we have, uh, an administration uh, that is so quick to say that Trump is the next great dictator. Look, uh, I, I hate to break a lot of people's hearts on this one, but it's not the first time we've had a tyrant. Now, Trump is being accused of being a genocidal madman and warmonger, well, or or being in power for too long. Well, first of all, we have the imperial presidency of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who was elected not once but four times. Granted, he died on his fourth term. In regards for genocidal orders, uh, we've had presidents before Trump before old even Abe Lincoln signing the extermination of the of the First Nation people here. So we've had presidents call for the extermination of of tribes and people. We've had presidents give that order and give the A-OK for the army to go in on those lands. So all this talk about Trump being this tyrant, I got to tell you, I'm tired. I'm not afraid of a Trump presidency, and no. I'm not expecting anything to be different. The only thing I do hope is that maybe, maybe, I don't know, and this is just me being too idealistic and it's a, and it's a weakness here. But maybe, I don't know, he could get it. Somebody could whisper in his ear and say, hey, free Julian Assange. But I, you know, I, yeah, th- I think we both happening. know better that that's not happening. But yeah, one can hope. But then yeah, again, listen, ho- I appreciate the fact that you want 
I also hope for that. I hope Joe Biden does it. I mean, I would love for him to wake <laughs> up. That's not happening. I would, I would, I don't care who does it, Kit. I genuinely do not care. I don't care who it is. Um, mm-hmm. but it, listen, the Trump thing is so frustrating to me because I've had I've had people say that, oh, well, you know, that's a really good chance to get uh, Julian Assange out of prison. Who do you think put him there? Donald J. Trump. That is who put Julian Assange in prison. No, he didn't do it. He 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 you know, it wasn't his decision. Then what's the point in electing him if he's not making his own decisions and if he isn't responsible for the things that are taking place in his administration, then he's mm-hmm. useless anyway. So what is the point? Trump supporters come at me with that all the time and then they get mad because a lot of them don't even recognize or realize that it was under Donald Trump that Julian Assange was arrested and then I tell them that it's not just that he was arrested, he was also spied on. Plots were developed to murder him. And then mm-hmm. Trump uh, failed to pardon him on his way out the door. Uh, they don't like yeah. that. I usually get blocked when I start bringing that kind of stuff up. That's reality. Um, and it's just it's very somebody I forget who it was. Some guy uh, uh, tweeted out the other day. Why do people um, uh, why do people who support Julian Assange or why do why do people who say free Assange support Donald Trump? That's a great question. <laughs> That's a great well, question. I, I think Why? I think here here's here's I have this theory and, you know, and maybe if someone has a better concept of it uh, or explaining it than I do, I'll go ahead and quickly adopt that term. But I call it the blurring effect. And now what's the blurring effect? And that is you see this smartphone, the thing that we deal with all the time. Mm-hmm. We're constantly bombarded with imagery and videos so much that I think we're forgetting things that happened uh, mm-hmm. months ago because, hey, r- r- the Remember when the government was saying that aliens are real and UFOs are real? They even had a whole session of Congress talk about it. I brought this up to friends. They're like, oh, yeah, that's right. See, now, if this was brought up in the 90s, people would be panicking like, whoa, aliens are real. I remember when I was a kid in the 90s, if that happened, people would be talking about to this day. So when it comes down to Julian Assange, I'm I'm willing to to say this with this blurring phenomenon effect of Trump supporters not being aware that Trump gave that order. It doesn't surprise me. And for many, it's like a shock and disbelief, but it is the truth. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it is, I don't want to say use kid gloves, but it's just like, hey, guys, you may not know this, but it was under Trump. And you could say that he was advised <laughs> or anything else, but the, the, the buck stops with him. He is the yeah. commander in chief, the executive. I don't have kid gloves, Kit. You know that. That's I, not, that's I not know, my style. I and that's, I have, and that's, and that's I why I respect time. you so much. That, you know, well, and I've, no, I, that's, I, I, I'm not, but you shouldn't respect, like, I wish I was better at that. I wish I was better at being uh, a little bit more patient with people, of being a little bit softer with people. I do think that, that and I'm self aware of it. Like, I'm full. People mm-hmm. are be. Uh, why are you so? You're so blunt. You're so. That's just how I am. I can't. I'm. I'm 41 years old. I'm almost 42. My birthday is next month. Leave me alone. There's no change. I'm an old dog. I can't learn new tricks. You know what Don't I mean? Don't you like, say that. Don't you ever say that. You know what I mean? Like it's. Sorry. That's but, just the way I am. And I'm fully. Aware, I'm aware of it. And I do realize mm-hmm. that's why when uh we went to D.C. the last time, we uh, a group of people were like, well, let's go and we'll uh, attempt to get meetings with politicians. And I'm like, leave me out of it. I will be useless there. I, there's no way that I will have the capability to have a civil conversation with those people. So just you guys go do that. I know what I'm good at. Um, I'll do the things that I'm good at. And when I know that I'm useless, I'm going to stay away from it. And that's I just that's not that's not my part. That's not the role that I play. Um, OK, listen, we got to take a quick break. Let's get some headlines. We're going to be back right here on TNT Radio. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Following the Colorado Supreme Court's decision to disqualify former President Donald Trump from the state's primary ballot, 
citing his involvement in an insurrection under the 14th Amendment. Similar efforts are gaining momentum in other states. An Australian fisherman, Kit Olver, claimed that in late 2014 he discovered a large wing, which he believes was from the missing Malaysia Airlines flight MH370. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda. It never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. All right, we are here joined by Kit Cabello. We're just having a little chat. And so we just we were talking about Assange and we were kind of talking about 2023 in general. And that made me think that there is some positivity. And this is so out of character for me. I'm not usually one that finds positivity. I'm very cynical. Um, also something I'm very self-aware about. But um, uh, in 2020, uh, 2023, I do think that, that we can find a lot of positivity. There's a lot of, for example, if we're talking about Assange, there's been a massive shift in momentum in the United States. Um, we now have a bipartisan letter that was signed on. Y'all, we have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Marjorie Taylor Greene signed on to the same letter. I mean, it doesn't get more bipartisan than that. Um, so we and have AOC. that. Yeah, Sorry. we have that letter. We have now we have um, I think it's House Resolution 934. I should make sure that that's accurate before I say that out loud. Um, I'm pretty sure that's right, though. But I always second guess myself, uh, which is a bipartisan piece of legislation to uh, both drop the charges on Julian Assange and protect journalistic activity. That's something that we, I mean, that we, we if you would have told me four years ago that we would have had something like that, I would have laughed at you. It's something that we've been working for for a very long time. So we're seeing that momentum shift and we're seeing that on a couple of different things. Right. I think that um, the way people are standing up for Palestine is fantastic. The way people are genuinely starting to understand the way that foreign policy uh, directly impacts them and directs domestic policy, the way that we're seeing people. I think the covid thing, uh, people are really still learning from that. And that. so I think that there is some positivity to take away from 2023 don't you think well there, there there is some of that i just think what what i what i would like to see if if it is possible for more americans to wake up and become more civically involved especially after the election but i'm concerned about the amount of division and propaganda yeah. that people are going to be exposed to on social media especially now with the fact that you know the the democrats throughout all of 2023 were acting like wiley coyote against donald trump who i would say is the road runner everything they keep on throwing against him he is surviving everything they keep on pushing against him he is able to gain more ground and the mugshots and the indictments that hasn't stopped him. He is number one in the Republican primary. And what does this tell you? It means anyone that's a diehard vote blue, no matter who person is trying to do everything they can to uh, instead of having dialogue or ask, hey, Democrats, what are you going to do for us? They're instead all on board for the immediate silence and removal of the democratic process. And I, I, I have to say for Trump supporters, if, if you think this is new, you should talk to libertarians, greens, yeah. socialists and independent candidates who've been running for yeah. like city level jobs, state level offices or even federal offices, because I've interviewed on my show numerous candidates who've been kicked off the ballot by both Democrats and surprise, surprise Republicans. So bipartisanship mm -hmm. can work, especially when it comes down to silencing third parties. Um, I I, I I don't want to hold on to hope because this year has been so disappoint you know, been been so disappointing for me, but I think there are some sparkles of hope. 
but going into the 2024 election cycle, I I I cannot sit here in good faith and say everything's going to be a okay because in oh, my no. city there's going to be the Democratic convention, and yeah. already Chicago is a powder powder keg that's ready to blow. Sorry for that stutter, uh, because you have the migrant crisis here, you have uh, uh, unchecked political corruption, and of course the Democrats are going to be coming here in you know in full force. Everybody who's anybody in the DNC is going to be coming here in full force. And there are a lot of Chicagoans who are upset with the Democratic machine and the Democratic Party. So we'll see how that plays out. I, I hope I hope I'm wrong about everything and everything just is smooth sailing. But I know you're know, not. I know better now after after doing <laughs> yeah. this for so long. I know better. You're not wrong. Things are and that's I was trying to find pieces of positivity because I looked at the chat and somebody was like, can't we try to find some positive? And so I tried. Um, and I think that there is some I think that the, the issue and a big part of it is what Kit just mentioned. Um, we're moving into an election year and we're moving in. And the only thing that they have is division. Um, listen, and I know I say this all the time and I realize I sound a little preachy, but they want nothing more than for you to hate your neighbor. They want you to despise, um, each other because if you hate each other and you're not, um, working together, you're not paying attention to the man behind the curtain. You're not paying attention to the fact that both parties are owned and operated by the exact same people and they work hand in hand to destroy your life because that's reality. That's what happens in this country. There's not two parties. There is one party. Mm -hmm. They are owned and operated by the exact same people. They work towards the exact same agenda and they use all of the emotionally driven stuff. They use trans issues and gay issues and abortion issues and mm -hmm. all of that stuff to keep you fighting amongst yourselves so that they can rape, pillage, and plunder. And I think that there has been a significant increase in people who are starting to recognize that that's the game that's being played, but it's nowhere near enough. And they are very effective at keeping us divided. They're very effective at um, ensuring that you hate your neighbor rather than, and listen, your enemy is not your neighbor. I don't care who they voted for. I don't care if you are diametrically opposed to them on every single issue that has ever been known to man. That's not the case. I guarantee you have much more in common with, uh, if you're a Biden uh, voter, you have much more in common with a Trump voter than you will ever have with Joe Biden and vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, so it, that's not your enemy. Your enemy, I guarantee you, wears a $5,000 suit and sits in a boardroom. Those are the people who are your enemy. And I think that um, a lot of time, energy, money, resources, and effort is spent making sure that you... Um, are not paying attention to that and that you are too busy fighting with your neighbor um, to ever recognize who really is the threat to you. And it's not, you know, Joe from across the street who voted different than you. You know what I'm saying? Have, have you seen the recent hit trailer by A24 uh, by Alex? I think that Alex Garland or, or, or director Garland, who is uh, whose latest film is called Civil War. Ah uh, yes, the oh. second, the sequel no one asked for, the second American <laughs> Civil War, and there's a scene in a trailer where you know the 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 guy has hands up like, hey, hey, it's okay, we're Americans, and then there's a, there's a, a a white guy wearing you know army fatigues and says, okay, takes off the glasses, what kind of American are you? And oh, I'm like, no. okay, okay, all right, movie, all right, Hollywood. Yeah. yeah, you're trying. Everyone's trying to hype up a civil war because uh, recently on Morning Blow, Morning Joe on BSDNC, I mean MSNBC, uh, mm -hmm. there was a, a segment where they had a New York Times uh, reporter. You know, yeah, the New York Times, an outlet that we all can trust. Maybe it's a good thing we don't know what happened in the Nord Stream pipeline. Uh, they uh, they wrote, uh, or this this woman was saying, uh, you know, this is this the, the Trump supporters are like Confederates, they're traitors, looking at a civil war. Like how? How, why are we looking at a civil war? Because somebody's going to decide to get off their butt and vote for Trump or whoever. Right. So, so right. that's that's my enemy. 
I got to fight them because they took like what? 10 minutes out of their life to, and I'm just over exaggerating 10 minutes, but you know, whatever X amount of minutes out of their life to go to some stupid polling station to either poke, punch, fill out who they're going to vote for. That's right. my enemy. I need to have a real reason why I'm going to have to hate somebody. Now, there are people who I do hate. I have a whole list of people I don't like. I also sure. have reasons why I won't like a person, but I'm not right. going to hate a person because they decided to vote. V-O-T. I mean, if I'm going to vote for somebody, it means they earn my vote. And that applies to you and your viewing audience, however which way you want to vote. But I, I've just been noticing there's this constant pressure by the media to say, be afraid of your neighbor, your family members, your friends, your coworkers, the people you love. I have, I have, there are, there's so much mental anguish right now in this world. I don't yeah. have time to be afraid of everybody. I don't have that no. time. I don't like no. it at all. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I see your point, but I think I'm, I've, I've reached, uh, this is going to be like my last election I'm going to vote in, unless there's any kind of like citizen. Oh, I've been done with voting for a long time. <laughs> I, I know, but this, this is it. This is it. This is, this is, this is finally it. Like I'm not, I'm not going to be, you know, yeah. Talking about elections. This is like my last election to be to, to be voting in. I only I talk just... about elections very superficially on this show. Mm -hmm. um, I very rarely speak to politicians every once in a while. Um, and when I do speak to politicians, it's usually politicians who are activists first, who just happen to be running for office. Um, and I, generally speaking, we'll talk about their activism rather than actually running for office. I did have Dr. Shiva on, kind of regret that. Uh, he's oh. right about some things, but he's so... I mean, he needs to like take a deep breath, my guy. Just take a breath. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't care about. Uh, I, and if you listen to my show, you know, I don't. I think uh, there, we are never going to change anything by voting. <laughs> it's absurd. Uh, they own and operate that system. It is completely rigged, front to back, top to bottom. Um, it is uh, uh, completely owned by the same people that own the politicians. You can't even audit an election in this country. So that is, uh, we got to start building outside the system. That's the position I've had for years, but. Uh, to each their own. Okay, let's take another quick break and uh, we will be right back here on TNT Radio. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. If by some unimaginable impossibility you're still trying to determine whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, ask yourself the following questions. Did you favor the Baphomet statue being erected at the Iowa State Capitol? Did you enjoy the school board swearing in on a stack of child pornography books? Do you find nothing objectionable about a homosexual sex tape being recorded in a Senate hearing room and posted online? And finally, did you just love the transgender nutcracker down a hallway hideously decorated by Dr. Jill Biden for Christmas at the White House? The answer to one or more of these questions is yes, you might be a Democrat. In fact, you're definitely a Democrat. As for the rest of us, if you doubted that, in the words of Sarah Huckabee Sanders, this next election is the choice between normal and crazy, wonder no more. Last week said it all. From AgInstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days. They haven't drank anything. They're cold, they're dehydrated. But remember, there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into your unit and we have all four of your cats. So, uh... <laughs> okay. And around the world for any animal, any disaster. 
Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. You're with Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. TNT. All right, we're here with Kit Cabello. We're just having a little chat about the year that was 2023. Not quite over, but it's getting, we're getting close uh, to joining 2024. Um, I don't know, man. It feels like, it feels like 2023 was like five years. Is it just me or does it feel like I, I feel like we have experienced so much in this oh single year, God. right? Yeah. Is it? It's crazy. Well, I'll, I'll, it's I'll crazy. tell you why. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get you upset here. All right. So oh, look, no. 2020 <laughs> was, was a crazy year, right? We all felt yes. that was like 10 years, right? Yeah. Here's the thing. We're still in the decade of 2020. So 2020 is not over. The year of 2020 yeah. is over, but the decade of the 2020s, we're still. So that's why. That's why that's why it feels longer. That's why 2023 feels as devastating is because we're still in the 2020 decade. So, yeah, uh, I I know for a fact that I feel like this year has been like five years or it's been an arduous march. I mean, first off, you know, I I lose, you know, my my grandfather. Then I find out that another relative of mine has some uh, medical issues. And then, you know, as always, backstabbing snakes, you know, people who I who I thought I could trust just, you know, or yeah. people just not to be just scum pure scum yeah. and uh you know i got people who are close to me dealing with their own issues too so everyone i mean and even when i do my live stream show i see in the live stream chat like hey wow it's it's, it's been a real struggle uh out here and i'm noticing that people just have a hard time right now just trying to even get on by and it's becoming very expensive to live and everything yeah. else and just it is it is it, you know it puts a pit in my stomach you know that's what it for does. sure. And I think that it's just um, uh, I, I mean, for me personally, I guess my year was um, I mean, it was much better than 2022. My 2022 was awful, especially the final like third of it was really terrible. But uh, so I think personally it was better. I mean, I came back to TNT. I'm very happy doing that. Um, I love working here. I think that that's fantastic. My family's happy and healthy. That's always good. Um, but I think that just in general, I think that there's just been, it feels as if, and I've said this numerous times throughout the year, it feels as if it is, we just keep getting punched like it's like left hook, right hook, left hook, right hook. We just keep getting it's one thing after another. And it's not small things. It's not, you know, oh, there's some corruption scandal or oh, there's, you know, the, like it, it's like, oh, hey, there was a massive train derailment in Ohio. And that now there's people being poisoned. And oh, hey, you know what I mean? It's like we're in uh, now there's we're still in Ukraine and people are dying by the thousands there. And uh, that's a potential World War Three situation. And oh, hey, now we got a situation with China and Taiwan. And oh, hey, now the Middle East is on fire again. And oh, hey, Lahaina just got burnt to ashes and it's just <laughs> one thing after another and it's all these major crises and i feel like um i think i think that's a lot of the reason why all of this uh division stuff is so effective because people are already so desperate and afraid uh and then you start to add into that the fuel that they're throwing on us um about hating each other and being i think it's more than hating each other I think they want us afraid of each other. They want us to think that yeah. um, uh, our, your neighbor is a threat to you. Do you know what I'm saying? I think it's I think it's more than just they want you to hate your neighbor. I think they want you to be afraid of your neighbor. And you mentioned earlier a civil war. They desperately want a civil war. Desperately. They would love nothing uh, more. I, I think I they are I actively trying to facilitate a civil war at this point. I hope that my fellow my fellow Americans, and the off chance you hear this, listen, 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 my fellow Americans, please. Don't don't fall for the trap. I know that we all Please. have 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 anger issues. I I, I have my anger issues, um, <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I, I would assure all of you, please do not 
come at each other's throats. The person on the street, your family member, your friend, your neighbor, your coworker, all this stuff, they're not your enemy, okay? The, no. the enemy are the architects of the neoliberal system, the politicians who constantly screw us over, and it's our social responsibility to vote them out or either that use citizen ballot initiatives to try and you know take back power at the state level something of that nature at least so that we can start building movements and organizations not connected to washington dc and i think if 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 my fellow americans are listening to this aren't we all tired of yelling and fighting each other that the, the the real problems are not us no. we're actually each other's solution we can we can yes. get each other out. And the only way we can get out of this nightmare is working together. And what a sight it would be if we can actually cross that Rubicon together. But, uh, you know, hope in one hand, crap in the other. See which one fills right. up most. <laughs> yeah. And what's so frustrating is that um, I know that it's possible. We've seen it happen before when something catastrophic happens in this country. I don't and I, I'm not very patriotic, but nobody comes together quite like America does. Right. Like anytime something awful happens, um, people come together. We've seen it happen time and time again. And that, it's so frustrating to me because it feels as if um, we always have to wait for that ca uh, uh, that catastrophic event to take place before we're willing to do something like that. And it doesn't we don't have to do that. But again, it, it, I don't think it's really to anybody's fault. I think that, uh, like I mentioned earlier, a lot, a lot of time and energy is spent making you hate your neighbor a lot. They have been studying this. They have been researching you. They know exactly which buttons to push. Um, I mean, we just heard Timothy Shea mention the uh, gay sex video that was, do you think that that's the worst thing that's ever happened in that room? Of course not. Do you have any idea how many horrible people do horrible things in that room? Uh, it, should a sex that was the least filled? harmless thing there. Right? <laughs> like, and what's what was so fascinating about that to me is that the people who were fixated on that we're conservatives. No, I didn't see anybody uh, on the quote unquote left tweeting that over and over and over. Conservatives were obsessed with that. They still are. They're still retweeting it like daily. And I'm like, y'all, you don't you don't think that this is an intentional thing meant to rile you up. And it's that's what's so frustrating is that um, they play you. You're getting played. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? January 6th, you got played. The Black Lives Matter protests, you got played. Cop City protests, you're getting played. Like we're all just getting played. They're playing us like fiddles. They know exactly which buttons to push. They know exactly mm -hmm. how to get us to dance. Uh, and we fall into these traps every single time. It's so frustrating to me. It is so frustrating. COVID, True. we got played. They wanted you to hate. They wanted you to hate each other. You hated each other, didn't you? If, yeah. if, if you were vaccinated, you hated the unvaccinated. If you were the unvaccinated, then you hated the people who were trying to uh, get you to uh, take a vaccine. And the, we're all just getting played. And it's so frustrating, Kit. It really mm -hmm. is. I Ugh. hear you. And I, I do hope for um, the possibility. I, there, there is there is that solution of just, you know, just going out of your safe space, going out of your bubble and actually speaking to somebody who thinks differently than you. I've speaking to yeah. libertarians. I've speaking to Trump supporters. I've speaking to greens and socialists. And yes, the occasional liberal here and there. But we have liberals to start are hard. Talking. Yes, I know. Liberals are, are, are a whole other <laughs> beast altogether. But yeah, you have to make the attempt for communication you have to make the attempt to talk to somebody and you know i i prefer to live in a world of okay i want to be challenged in my views or either that see what another person is, is thinking about or their perspective for sure what 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 is going on and if i can't if i, I just want to get uh, an understanding of what another person is thinking because they might have an idea that i might agree with or together i don't know we could work together to have a really good idea is yep. that is that is that a bridge too far because it seems that way 
Yeah. There's been numerous issues where I have engaged in conversation with people who thought differently than me and I've come away with it um, and uh, uh, revised my own position because I learned something and I thought about things differently than I was thinking about. I, I mention this all the time. A, a huge one is uh, gun issues. I used to be incredibly um, uh, pro-gun regulations, um, mostly because, and I'll admit to this, mostly because I, as a mother, I reacted incredibly emotionally to Sandy Hook. I have kids who mm -hmm. are the, around the same age as those kids were. Um, that uh, that set, that situation devastated me i think watching that and uh, just as a, a young mother at the time that was really hard for me to watch and i reacted emotionally and i um took on a very strong stance uh, i wasn't necessarily anti-gun but i was incredibly in favor of massive regulations um and then as i got further and further away from that situation i opened myself to conversation to being challenged on that position i listened to people um and i've revised that position and i've taken on a new um, uh, idea. And I'm always open. I, I never, I'm never settled on any one issue and I don't think any of us should be. Are there things that I am pretty mm -hmm. strongly set on? Absolutely. But if new information presents itself, am I willing to be open to it and be willing to, uh, admit that I might potentially be wrong or that I might potentially need to revise that? Everybody should be right. Everybody should be. And I just feel like people get so married to their ideas. Um, that they just are incapable of accepting that they could potentially be wrong, right? I'm wrong well, all the time. I, well, <laughs> I, I know, for example, uh, the sanctuary cities here in Chicago, or at least, you know, at least in my city alone, you know, there was uh, the planning of building a migrant center on a polluted waste site. Yeah. Uh, and then there was also the fact that a young boy, five years old, died in one of the migrant shelters uh, just on sun this last Sunday. And three other kids are sick. And the thing is, you know, I remember bringing this up uh, way early on when people would protest in front of Trump Tower here in Chicago. I would say like, hey, you know, is there a plan to take care of these migrants? I mean, this all sounds good on paper, but what happens when we get called out and we're a sanctuary city? And uh, I remember being called all sorts of names. And I don't want to sit here and say, I told you guys so. But, yeah. you know, the, the city cannot take care of these migrants that are here. And I feel sorry for these people because I, I'm afraid that there's going to be a powder keg ready to explode in the spring and yeah. summer of 2024 because the city is, uh, is is now you have Brandon Johnson, our new mayor, uh, who's saying, well, we we can't take all these people in. And the governor of Texas is 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 attacking America. Well, first of all, governor of Texas, you're, you're busing and flying now, flying, flying. You heard me right. Flying from from Texas to O'Hare International Airport, the big airport yeah. here in Chicago with migrants here. And uh, OK, great. They're getting uh, they're getting these flights here. And now uh, all these other services. And it's caught it's building resentment amongst families and residents who live in Chicago for generations. And it's just it's just a recipe for pure disaster and people unable to realize that they were wrong in, in, a, in a situation because it was all about virtue, fit, virtue signaling and feel good points because Donald Trump was president from 2016 to 2020, because that's when people yeah. were talking about sanctuary cities. And oh, no, guess what? We've been called out and the city of Chicago and other sanctuary cities cannot hold. It is becoming too much. We right now have twenty six thousand migrants in the city. And I mentioned the flight earlier. Uh, when that airplane landed, two of the migrants escaped. So we don't know where they're at, where they're, where they're going, what they were about, who they were. And this, this is something that Chicago has to deal with. And for all these people who wanted Chicago to be a sanctuary city, it, it sounds like a nice idea, but we were never ready. And now right. they're rushing to find locations and shelter because it's going to get cold in Chicago. 
Yes. And I can't, I, I just got to say, if there isn't a solution to really either have uh, some kind of housing situation, I, I don't want to be that person, but they, they might have to go because I see this just constantly ramping up of further resentment, further anger. And it's it, we have a city government that refuses to take responsibility, especially now when you have our our city mayor now excluding people. Uh, from being on the second level where all the politicians are at from yelling or or either that calling out the mayor. So we have a, a sitting mayor saying, hey, you're not allowed to voice out your opinion during a city hall meeting. Oh, God. He's one what? of those, huh? Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He ran, he ran as he, he ran as the progressive, which is. That's so code for fun. neoliberal yeah. trash, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, listen, New York's dealing with very much the same issue. And that's this is another uh, uh, another situation where I've changed my position because um, I, I am somebody. I, listen, if we're going to deal with the immigration crisis, we need to deal with the root cause of it. And that means we need to stop blowing up other people's countries because that's why they come here is because we make the living si uh, situation in their countries untenable. We do that. And we need to be honest about that, that that's what we do. We have been destroying the global south. We've been destroying the Middle East. We've been, we've been destroying Africa for a very long time. And I think that generally speaking, people, human beings do not want to leave their homes. And I think that the only reason people do, and especially those people who have children, do it because they're desperate. Um, and I think that uh, nobody wants to have that conversation, though. Everybody wants to deal with the, uh, the, the very superficial level of, oh, well, here's a sanctuary city. Okay, but that doesn't solve the problem. That doesn't fix the issue. And I think that that's, uh, it's terrible because we're using, now we're using these people these human beings essentially as political pawns mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. like it's a they're political Polit footballs at this point and it's just gross political political pawns who especially if they are to get settled here in chicago may not be unaware of the uh or may not be aware of the uh democratic machine and what you have to do to be in its good graces and what you owe it because yeah. that's how politics works here in Chicago. If yeah. it, you know, pe people, people, I've seen people post on social media. Oh, you people in Chicago voted for it and you deserve it. First of all, voter turnout in Chicago is extremely low because Misty, if you think you're burnt out by Chicago politics, talk to a Chicago resident that's been living here for generations. They're done. They were doing it before social media was a thing. It, this yeah. was another low voter turnout last year. So, or, or or this year because we had a new mayor get elected into office uh, in in March that was that's being that being Brandon Johnson. So in other words, this this whole city right now uh, has has a lack of a voting base. And the thing is, if the establishment wants to, the Democratic machine wants to stay in power, you need to have new bodies willing to wait in line and vote for the uh, said politician uh, who's going to represent you in the city council or who will be the next mayor. Yeah. That's how the machine works. And, it's, and none and of it's, them are going to represent you. That's the problem, right? I mean, that is essentially the problem is that none of these people who are uh, being presented to you as choices, it's not a choice. They're selected mm -hmm. um, and they're never going to represent you. And that's just the reality. And that's it's unfortunate because even at the local level in Chicago, that's how it is. And it, listen, I live in small town, Ohio. It's the same thing here. It's corrupt even at the local level. So and I think it depends on where you live. I think certain locations you might be able to get, um, you know, you might be able to make a difference on your school board or in your mayor or whatever. There might be a possibility for that, but even in my tiny town, uh, there it's it's corrupt as as all get out, and there's just really no potential ballot initiatives. You might be able to make a little bit of a difference, um, so there's that potential. But yeah, it is just all of it. It's just a nightmare. But um, all right, Kit, unfortunately, we're out of time. Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find Hardlands, all that good stuff. 
Well, Hard Lens Media, that's H-A-R-D-L-E-N-S-M-E-D-I-A, hardlensmedia.com. There's our Twitter page. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Rockfin, Rumble, Kick. We have a patron page as well. We appreciate any and all support for our independent media network. We're also on Can TV as well, Channel 21. So uh, if you support independent media, check out Hard Lens Media. We're live every Monday yes. through Friday at 9 a.m. Central on YouTube, Rockfin, Rumble, and Kick. That's it. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. Merry Christmas. Have a great holiday. Um, I'll talk to you very soon. I'll be back after the holiday season uh, with a whole new host of shows for you. Everybody have a great Christmas. Uh, and uh, as Julina Assange says, learn, challenge, act now. Don't go anywhere. Timothy Shea, right after this, TNT Radio.